Is Sirius XM here to stay in a streaming music world on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus? Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, recording at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia, and joining me today is the extraordinary Vincent Shen. How's it going, Vince? I'm doing well. How are you, Sean? Not too bad. About to uh, Back to 80 degrees here in uh, Alexandria. It was a little cold the other day. It's nice. It's nice. I prefer this weather. I agree. Fall is wonderful. Uh, well, before we dive into talking about Sirius XM and its competitive position, I wanted to briefly discuss uh, big news in the world of beer this morning. Uh, what's been going on here? Yeah, so, you know, Miller Coors, uh, joint ve- uh, venture between SAB Miller and Coors Brewing. Um, I actually was at their brewery in uh, Denver. You just had to drop that ago. little tidbit, didn't I, you? It was awesome. Yeah. It was really awesome. Um, Very fun tour uh, of the brewery there, but... They have eight, right, in right. the States? Yeah. And they'll actually be closing one of their main breweries, the one... Uh, I was shocked at this because they still have 24% market share between all these brands. Like, mm-hmm. they're not... You know, it's it's them and Budweiser. They still have two-thirds of the U.S. market. But, I mean, they've got Coors Light, Miller High Life, Miller Light, and Blue Moon, my personal favorite there. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're closing their Eden, North Carolina plant. It's going to close by September 2016. And... The they're doing this under the new CEO, a gentleman by the name of uh, Gavin Hatter, Hattersley, and uh, you know, 520 people are getting laid off. They're going to shift production to another one of their facilities, and they just cited the fact that um, the number of microbreweries and uh, regional breweries grew 19 percent last year to uh, I think 3,000 3,418 according to the Brewers Association. Um, this, this has the makings of a, a beer bubble and it's not the good kind of beer bubbles at the top of the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think, uh, this makes, unfortunately, um, you know, they obviously have to close one of the, uh, breweries, they're losing some employees, but they, as you mentioned earlier, before, when we were talking before the show, they kind of see the writing on the wall right. with, uh, the way craft, uh, breweries have grown, right? Uh, you know, now the breakdown is like about 74% non-craft domestic brewers, 11% craft, which is huge growth considering how quickly, it was how like, recently they came about. It was a fraction of 1% 20 years ago. Exactly. It was minuscule. And, yeah. the, fa- and the fact of the matter is it, it does present some operational efficiencies. You know, they have a, another brewery, I think it was, uh, it was in Elkton, Virginia, just 200 miles away. Mm-hmm. The distribution... Uh, coverage area for these two breweries overlap significantly. It makes a lot of sense for them to consolidate. So this here. isn't like a a bankruptcy, like oh, we're gonna have to shutter this or go under kind of a thing. I think it's, it's, it's an efficiency exactly. Thing. And okay. I also, you know, uh, they also had that recent uh, buyout. What was it Saint Archer? And the fact that uh, you know they bought out this craft brewer because again, they're, I think they're trying to diversify their products a little bit, and they just see the growth and the popularity of some of these craft brews and they're going to have to adjust got it um before we uh move on here to our main event i just i want to throw this out there um they're clearly i mean they generated tons of profits and everything but i wonder how long just with the immense competition that we're seeing in the beer market with all these microbreweries opening up sure um how long the the number one microbrewer, the the number one craft brewer, uh, Boston Beer, maker of my personal favorite, Sam Adams, uh, 
how long they're going to keep going before they start feeling the heat because this is 19 percent growth last year yeah but you gotta that's excessive just a little well the numbers i mentioned earlier is like 74 percent non-craft domestic 11 percent craft 15 percent imported that's still a lot of room for them to move up and take okay. parts of the market in my opinion um and since the um, course formed the joint venture about seven years ago. Their volume has fallen ten million barrels. Yeah, I almost wonder if uh, Sam Adams or Boston Beer is the the Budweiser of the United States in thirty years or something. Like they're huge. Like you know, everybody just buys. It's it possible. I, you know, in the end, when I go to the grocery store and I go to the beer aisle, it's still dominated by the main Budweiser, Bud Light, that kind of stuff. And then you know, there is. I do. I have noticed an increasing offering of the smaller craft brews, but you know, I think that Coors, Budweiser are gonna they're gonna dominate for long, long time to come. Cool. Okay. Well, moving on to our main event. Uh, before we do, I did want to briefly mention that for all of our listeners that have found this discussion informative, and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas. Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than ten years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And uh, so today, Vince, we're going to be talking about SiriusXM, everybody's favorite satellite radio provider. Only satellite radio Only, provider. Only, <laughs> yeah. They have a monopoly, but they don't. Like I don't know how to describe it. Um, so we took, uh, took an hour or two this morning to kind of review their operations. We found that they have 12 glorious satellites circling the planet. Um, what has this company surprised you with so far that it still exists and is doing well i think um <laughs> that i'm i am not bearish on this company but as we'll discuss uh soon there are a lot of short sellers bears that think that you know and thought previously that that, that Sirius was circling the drain essentially right um well let's I, not forget the this, stock was five or ten cents a share in the depths of the financial crisis in 2009. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I am definitely one who appreciates a good underdog story, which this definitely is. So, like you mentioned, the stock was trading at about five cents in 2009. That was its bottom. It's right. trading at about $3.80 now. Um, and the thing is, like, there's a time when you frequently heard people talking about the death knell of satellite radio, that the fact that it's a transitional technology um, – well, it's basically Sirius, bridging the gap between AM and FM radio and then online streaming. Right. And they the two merged Sirius Satellite Radio and XM Satellite Radio because it was like, okay, why are we fighting each other when we clearly have bigger fish to fry? And I think one of them was losing money or something. But anyway, um, so you're surprised that, you know, they still exist in this. No, I, I'm, I, went to, I was just, uh, I think I was definitely surprised by how well they are doing. Um you know, and their 52-week range has been pretty consistent between 314 and 404 per share. Um, and the thing is, year-to-date, they're up 9%. They're outpacing the NASDAQ where they trade, which is up less than 2%. And the S&P 500 is down 5% year-to-date. Right. So, doing pretty well, you know, shorter-term so, view. How are they How are they pulling this profitability, this strong share price performance? How are they doing all this? Um it's re- it's actually really beautiful if you look at their business. <laughs> I, I the more you know I've learned about this company, the more I like it. Uh, despite some of the obviously big picture competitive uh, right uh, headwinds that are coming, but subscriber growth 
and stable cash flows are basically what's really driving this ship. So first of all, you know the company closed out the most recent quarter with a lot of all-time highs and pos- and good records. Okay, so they had a record twenty-eight point four million subscribers. That's a gain of nearly seven hundred thousand from the previous quarter. They also have their self-paced subscribers increased again to an all-time high of twenty-three point four million. Monthly churn is at its one is at one point six percent. So that's basically the people that's who are not renewing. Low. That's awesome. It it's their lowest since the two companies merged seven years ago. Wow. Okay, and their trial funnel. Which is the people who are potentially who right. are going through trial phase? Think Amazon Prime, yeah. one month free trial, potentially going to roll over into self-paying subscribers. And that's what I. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just that's in my opinion their competitive advantage. They have agreements with the big three automakers, and if you buy a new car through them, they pretty much consistently all three Ford, GM, and Chrysler. They all throw you. You know, three free months of a Sirius XM. My dad bought a Dodge Charger um, 2011 or whatever. They gave it to him. He wound up canceling, but a staggering number of people just keep it and pay 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, that trial funnel of people, kind of like your dad, sitting at another all-time high of $8.2 million. Okay, so this is all really impressive for the most right. recent quarter. Um, and the thing is, you know... Uh, top line growth has been solid, but their bottom line growth has also been really solid. Just in earnings, we're up 29% year over year to $170 million. Uh, the large share count, which I will get to, which kind of does pose a bit of an issue, uh, puts the earnings per share at just $0.03. Cents. So, so headline numbers seem right. low, but it's doing quite well with growth. Um, and the thing is, that's 18 consecutive quarters of profitability for the company. And the thing is, this is they have uh, raised their uh, monthly rate three times, once in 2011, once in 2013, and once earlier this year. And they're still seeing that growth. So that's not, there's a bit of stickiness there. Right. Um, and, you know, they're up their guidance for 2015, free cash flow, revenues, everything are looking really good for the rest of the year. So I troll the Motley Fool uh, message boards and the community and all this stuff. Um, we have some great pieces put out regularly by uh, the Motley Fool's own contributor, Rick Minares, about the company. He's got a that's like his company. I think he's been writing about it for six years now. Um, everybody talks, and the reason you buy SiriusXM shares is this free cash flow number, which came in, as you noted, at $1.3 billion. Um, that's very impressive. What are they doing with all this money? Um, two things. Share count that I was talking about, bringing that down through stock buybacks, and also investing for growth for their future. Okay. Um, so first of all, in 2013 and 2014, the company repurchased 1.3 billion shares uh, for four point three billion dollars, so and the share count is how many shares are outstanding? Okay, and the thing is, it's kind of funny because okay, that was two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. They also purchased another three hundred thirty eight million shares as of the uh, last earnings call. Um, so that's another one point three billion dollars worth of stock. But that's it's reduced their share count about twenty percent since early two thousand thirteen. But they have only gone from six point six billion to five point three billion shares outstanding. Wow. And this is about a twenty billion dollar market cap company. Right. So huge share count. Huge. Right. And um, I have to say though, in two, three short years, that twenty percent reduction is big. Like this is an extremely, extremely successful. Because every single person program. that's left standing owns a bigger piece of the pie. Um so, you know, the company recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, they authorized another two billion dollar of repurchases. So you can expect this trend to continue as they very aggressively try and reduce that share count. So that's one thing where that free cash flow um, has given them some flexibility to attack that number. It's also giving them an opportunity to invest in a lot of 
uh, stuff I think that will be important for their long-term growth. So first of all, you have like new content. I thought it was really cool recently that they got the rights to major music festivals like Coachella and Bonnaroo. You know, they've obviously expanded beyond music to comedy to sports channels, like everything under the sun. You can you, there's I a have, lot of optionality. I have noticed when I looked at them last year that that was kind of their their other competitive advantage. One, you, know, you drive anywhere and you got your favorite stations, but two is they have a lot of exclusive people like your friend and mine, Howard Stern, that has 10 million fans and they all just want to listen to them and they're willing to pay 10 bucks a month for it. Yep. So that's I mean the Coachella's the Next will be at Burning Man or <laughs> fundamentally, you know, Sirius is tied to the place where people are most likely to listen to anything in the car. Right. So it's really important. And so going beyond that, you know, they have a really, really they have really strong uh relationships like you mentioned with the car manufacturers, which every car that gets put on every new car that gets put on the road, Sirius has a opportunity to penetrate that market right and the thing is as that becomes more common uh for these connected cars coming out you know some people saw that as a threat to their platform but at the same time you know now every car that goes into the used car market also could potentially be a new sirius xm subscriber and then another big thing and i think this is more specific to the offer their offerings is they have x SXM17 coming out. So details are a little scarce. It was announced Mm -hmm. earlier this year. Um, Some people think it'll be a big showcase for them at CES in January. Oh, boy. Um, But basically, it's going to be their new platform. It's expected to really define their future strategy, integrating mobile. It's going to have higher uh, levels of basically user and listener interaction. So are we talking about like a SiriusXM app on my phone or what is it? More interaction. So that mobile... uh, the mobile app is going to give you the ability to control what you're listening to a little bit more, where you can kind of curate um, your your select your playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can thumbs up, thumbs down things, kind of like you can with Pandora and other services, um, and just uh, help you discover new music, new channels, things along those lines. Got it. Okay. So strong vehicle penetration, strong relations with the car maker, all that. Sounds too good to be true. They're throwing all this cash flow, but satellites are expensive. And as I understand it, they need to replace these puppies every 20, 25 years. So what's the deal here? Yeah, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, The thing is, the company or its business is inherently high fixed cost. So they will have to bite the bullet with... Eventually, yeah. um, with the with that capex uh, in the future. But at the same time, you know, once those big... uh, you know, one-time expenses come up, it their revenue as it grows is very scalable because right. of the fact you know the satellites are in the air. Every person that they sign up is just well. This fresh is revenue. this is no doubt why there's a huge discrepancy between um, their earnings per share on a gap basis and this free cash flow number because mm-hmm. these these depreciation charges that they have for the satellites that are floating I don't know 100 kilometers above our heads. Um, not that we care because we're foolish long-term investors, but they have a huge short interest, don't yeah, they? So this made me kind of chuckle when I was uh, doing the research. They are the most heavily. Uh, or for a time at least, and they might still be, they were the most heavily shorted company on the NASDAQ exchange based on volume. Why? Um, <laughs> I think that has to do with the fact that, that... You know, they have a really high share count, right? 5.3 billion shares is big. Right. And, but also, um, for some reason, um, and they've kind of bucked these expectations since for the past five, six, seven years with all these emerging technologies, think mobile, online streaming, like what we talked about, people just really thought that 
this industry would not survive. Like transitional right. technology, not going to make it. And that I think a lot of people who were short the stock have been very disappointed um, and probably lost quite a bit of money, depending on how long they stayed in. So their conversion rate, um, it's essentially the, uh, the people that have the uh, service, SiriusXM service, in their car a year after the trial subscription ends is at a lower rate. Does that scare you at all? So that similarly fell to a low of 41% for the most recent I quarter. seem to remember, I did like videos and uh, analysis on SiriusXM a little over a year ago. I think it was in the mid-40s then. I, I can't quite remember, so, so nobody th- quote me. But. That's fallen, you know, there was a lot of all-time highs. There's also some lows for the quarter. Uh, this being one of them, it's very important. The conversion I will not deny that. But at the same time, That's still those, 40% of the that people. volume yeah. growth... Uh, that they've been seeing, you know, seven hundred thousand subscribers added has been really able to offset that lower conversion right. rate. Um, I think only time will tell where their baseline falls to. But you mentioned potentially, it's only it hasn't fallen that that much. Well, and the in other the, past year. the cool thing about that, and you know, the key for me was the fact that okay, so this year the United States uh, United States sells X number of cars between the big three. Bunch of them get offered free subscription through Sirius XM. A year later, after the subscription ends. 40% of them are still paying 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. All their costs of getting the satellites up in the air and maintain that's all been spent already. Exactly. So this, this, all these subscribers go straight to the bottom line, and that's extremely powerful. It, it, it reminds me a little bit, we were talking about Keurig last week. Yeah. And it reminds they me a little bit the, of that. Once you buy the, the machine, it's all about the pods. Right. Um, so they have this very stable, you know, very strong cash flows. Um, though they've, running into other headwinds. Kind of similar situation here where a lot of people think that technology is going to be pushing against uh, their growth. And, you know, their top line, uh, their revenue growth has decelerated to about high single-digit rates uh, for the most recent quarter. Not all that surprising considering, you know, there are 20 million subscribers. It's definitely a mature, right. more I mean, of a mature industry eight, at this point. Right. 9% of the U.S. population there. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. So talk to me about valuation before we uh, sign off here. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, with all that in mind, and I think this will all, this also contributes to the fact that the short interest is at such high levels. Is you know the company is not exactly cheap either. It trades about thirty eight times trailing twelve month earnings, uh, twenty five times expected two thousand sixteen earnings. So considering the slowing growth rate, um, market's at sixteen or seventeen right now. So so considering the slowing growth rate and the fact that you know this company is going to have negative headlines around it for you know just like it did years ago, and it consistently will, even though it's um, kind of disproving a lot of the naysayers, that could impact the shares. And it really is going to need to execute well on its upcoming initiatives like uh, like SXM, and it's also launching uh, like the Nissan Connect, so it's starting to power the entire in-vehicle oh, wow. like, infotainment system, essentially. Yeah. So it's offering a lot of features like remote access, uh, safety, security, vehicle monitoring. So it's it's branching out significantly beyond just radio, but you know that's a new world for it, and it's going to need to execute well on that front. Cool. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Vince. As always, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Sean. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Vincent Shen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!